What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Moynihan. I play Orca on Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is... My summary and review of Star Wars The High Republic uh, Phase 1, Waves 1 and 2. You may notice by my playlist, I haven't recorded Radio Dakar in a while. Um, I started to do The Bad Batch, but didn't even get uh, past the first episode. and uh, finished the series, but not uh, reviewed the whole series so far. Did a couple of High Republic reviews that I'll talk about. Um, but just had a, had some busy stuff going on personally. Uh, my work uh, had me working crazy hours to where I really couldn't sit down and do a podcast time. And also, we recently welcomed a baby daughter to the family. So we've got a princess to go along with Padawan and little Han. So, yeah, we've got a full house now. Um, but uh, I wanted to get back into the podcasting. I love talking about Star Wars. And I love talking about High Republic uh, because it has quickly become something that's very enjoyable. Even though there's, you know, not a movie or TV show or game or anything like that yet, the books, the comics, uh, the audio presentation have just been really good. So I uh, just thought I'd give my thoughts on what we've had so far. And. Uh, talk a little bit about what's yet to come for phase one. So, as I said, I've already reviewed Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell and A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. Those are on the Radio Descartes channel. Uh, so I won't get into those too much. Uh, obviously, I enjoyed both of them. But I'll just uh, briefly talk about everything else that's come out, what I thought about them. Uh, the next one that came out chronologically was Into the Dark by uh, Claudia Gray. I really enjoyed this one, particularly the audiobook as read by Dan Bittner. And uh, skipping ahead a little bit, he's also one of the voice actors in Tempest Runner, and I really enjoyed his work. Uh, he reminds me a bit of Jonathan Davis with, with his presentation and voice, and just really liked how he presented Into the Dark. Um, of course, kind of briefly, and not not any of these are really spoiler heavy, so if you haven't caught up on everything yet, it's okay. Uh, but this is our introduction to the Dringir, uh, when they were found on the Amaxine station, which, you know, Claudia Gray, that's a callback to the Amaxine Warriors, which she talked about in Bloodline, which was a sequel trilogy Leia novel that came out a few years ago. Uh, but just, you know, instantly she makes the Drengear very menacing and the fact they have a history with the Sith, which uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, as they complete the project, how much Sith presence there was in the, the lore and whether or not, you know, they uh, turn out to be tied to this whole thing. 
Uh, but then we get introduced to several new Jedi, uh, Orla Jereni, who's not so much a Jedi Knight as uh, she is a Wayseeker. Uh, it's kind of like on her own. Not exactly, uh, definitely not a saber for hire like Ty Yorick as we, um, as we learn more about her in Wave 2. Uh, but Orla, you know, she, she has come from the Jedi Order, and uh, there's flashbacks to when she was a Padawan along with Comac Vitus, uh, who, I'll go ahead and say it, is my favorite character of the High Republic so far. Um, he it reminds me a lot of Qui-Gon in that he has questions about the way the High Republic or, or about how the Jedi Order in the High Republic era operates and, you know, has conflict with their ideology, but he works around that and continues to be part of it. He's not, you know, you don't get the impression that he's about to just jump ship and go rogue. Um, and also that he is uh, interested in other cultures and, um, past artifacts and uh, not exactly relic hunter but kind of that vibe which i, I dig uh, i like you know indiana jones style archaeology and learning I was, I was a history major in undergrad so you know just learning about cultures that way um yeah comac uh, he has his own conflicts and i think that makes him really fascinating and, you know, we get to see him a couple more times in, in the stories so far. Uh, yes, he's my, fav- my favorite so far. But he has a history with Orla, so we get to see that. And then um, we get Wreath Silas, who becomes Comac's Padawan by the end of the story. Uh, because his master, um, Joramali, died in Light of the Jedi. Uh, we also get Des Rydan, uh, who's another Padawan. Uh, I haven't seen too much of him uh, otherwise lately. And of course, the other great thing about uh, Into the Dark is we get introduced to the crew of the vessel, which is a great name for a ship. Uh, we've got uh, Leox Jossi, who Claudia admitted based, she based on 90s era uh, Matthew McConaughey. And Deb, Dan Bittner reads him as McConaughey. It's like spot on. And also, I will say, <clears throat> you know, Dan Bittner, because this is the first time we see Comac. I have that voice in my head when I think of the character. So I'm, um, with the recently announced novels, I'm hoping he, uh, reads that one. So we get more, uh, of, of him doing Comac's voice. Uh, so you got Leox, you got Affie Hollow, and then Geode, everybody's favorite rock, <laughs> which is, and Claudia says she, uh, her boyfriend suggested that character it's different, it's wacky, it's Star Wars, and, and we love it. Uh, Geode is awesome. Um, so yes, Love Into the Dark. And, uh, you know, the Nihil are there too. Um, and I like how the Nihil are responsible and eventually then team up with the, the Dringir. So it's not like completely independent threats that they they do have a intertwined fates. Uh, I will mention Edge of Balance, which is the manga uh, that has um, in process. The first volume um, 
was written by Justina Ireland, um, partnered with uh, Shima Shinya. Uh, th- this one's this one this one's greatest. It's a manga. Um, if if you don't know, those are read backwards, uh, like in comparison to how Americans read, we, we read like left to right. Um, and the manga, when if you buy it digitally, it reads right to left like it's supposed to. So that's really awesome. I, I was thinking, like, I think the first time my cousin Steve showed me a manga when I was maybe 11. And that was the first time I was, like, it was like it said it on there. You just, like, read this, you know, a reverse of what you would, not, you know, back to front. And so I just, I'm kind of used to that style, and I'm glad they adapted it here. Um, but that's in process. It's only volume one. Volume two is yet to come out. Um, but uh, this, the action takes place on the um, planet Banshee, uh, where there's a beautiful Jedi temple there. Um, neat concept, how it conforms to nature. I, I really dig that. I, I like, and like Alfrona and other planets, I like how we're seeing the temples on all these planets. That hopefully get explored in other series and... Um, uh, other forms of media, just all these old Jedi temples. I really, really like it. Uh, but we get um, Lily, who's a Jedi Knight, and her master, um, Arkoff, who is a uh, Wookiee. Um, yeah, I won't, I won't get too much into this because it's pretty recent and there is more yet to come. Uh, but Edge of Balance is great. Please check it out, even if you're not used to uh, the comics or manga. So, uh, you know, we're... we're in the not, not, not in the middle, we're kind of finishing up wave two. Uh, but you've got the Rising Storm uh, by Kevin Scott, which was the the big adult novel that a lot happened. And I, I will say it ties in very closely to Race to Crash Point Tower by Daniel Jose Older. I would um, I would say read Rising Storm first if you haven't yet, and then. Breed Race to Crestpoint Tower. There are scenes that happen in both books, and you get different points of view, so that's that's really awesome. I like how they collaborated on that to get everything right. And then you have, you know, characters show up in both. Um, uh, Rising Storm, uh, you know, it revolves around the Republic Fair on the planet Valo, which... Um, reading it, it made me think of... Um, Epcot at Disney World, uh, kind of like with, you know, all the planet, uh, they had like pavilions for each planet uh, in the Republic, so it made me think of all the, you know, France and Italy and all the uh, different country pavilions, uh, that part of Epcot. Um, so, you know, Disney influences. Um, but I can't say enough about Rising Storm uh, and the action therein. And also, we get more focus on Elzar Man and um, Stellan Geos, the Jedi Masters, and we find out their, you know, their relationship with Avar Chris, who we got a lot of in Light of the Jedi and in the comics. Um, yeah, without getting in, you know, too much detail, the action during the Nihil attack on Valo is just incredible and. Oh, what you have going on with Markeon Rowe, um, on uh, Grizzal, and uh, what the weapon that he has um, been coming up with to fight the Jedi. 
uh, in the ending, yes, it shook shook everybody. Um, cannot wait to see what the resolution is with that. Um, but as I said, you know, it ties into race, the Crash Point Tower. So Ram Jamaram and, um, you know, makes an appearance in both, Ty Yorick's in both. Um, they kind of intertwine. But then you get uh, Vernestra Rowe and Emery Canteros, um, you know, who were introduced in a test of courage. Race to Crash Point Tower, you get Luli Talasola, who started in the Marvel comic. Um, so all the characters are starting to meld together. And that's a great thing. Like, you know, Dan, Daniel Jose Older started out with the IDW comic. Now he's writing some of the books so he can bring over his characters. And uh, just all the blending and the interactions, it's just in, it, it enriches. It enriches. Is that a word? It, well, enrich, enrichment's a word. Anyway. It makes the stories better that all these characters can blend like that. And then, um, you know, Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. It doesn't take place at the exact same, same time as the attack on Valo, but it's uh, the events kind of intertwine too. Um, you know, Vernestra and Emery are in this as well. Also, Sylvester Yarrow, who is a new character. Um, you find out a lot about her and her family and how they tie into the whole plot. And also, a uh, great thing about Out of the Shadows, we get uh, Comac and Wreath back, so we get more of my, my favorite character. Um, and, you know, by this point, you realize how the Jedi of the High Republic era differ from, uh, like, the prequel Clone Wars era Jedi. Um, you know, the, the whole thing about attachment and relationships is I think more understood at this point I mean these Jedi have sex they you know have affection for each other and it's not not to a you know perverse level but it's just just kind of natural and it's not like you know absolutely unfrowned upon like like all these things we heard with you know Anakin don't do this, don't give in to, you know, physical temptation and, you know, attachment and all this. The Jedi just seem to have a better understanding at this point, 200 years before. And I hope that, you know, that sort of thing gets explored more. And you see that with, you know, the relationships of the, between the characters in Out of the Shadows. Uh, like uh, scenes with uh, Vernestra and Wreath, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, I, you know, I really like that, too. Um, I do have to mention A Monster at Temple Peak, which is an ongoing limited uh, comic series by Kevin Scott. Ty Yorick's in that. We learn more about her background. Uh, I mean, she made such a great appearance in Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower that, you know, at this point you want to know more about her, and we're getting that in Monster of Temple Peak. I just read issue two the other day, and it was excellent. Uh, the comics, uh, the, the ongoing Marvel series, the ongoing IDW series, uh, you know, Kevin Scott has Marvel, Daniel Jose Older has IDW. Uh, Marvel, you know, it's focused on the drain gear, so we get... Um, a lot of that action. 
uh, Dream Gear also important in Race to Crash Point Tower. Um, you know, we got the huts involved, so we find out what they're like at that that point in time as far as what they control. You know, Keith Trennis is a major player in the comic series. Uh, her master skier, uh, of course, she's become a she becomes a knight at the beginning. Uh, Tarek and Sarah, the um, non-binary twins who you know have a connection. Uh, they're fascinating new characters. Uh, yeah, the Marvel series is you know, it's a is a tremendous supplement to the action in the novels. It just gives you a further understanding of what's going on. Uh, a lot more action on um, Starlight Beacon, which is kind of like you know hasn't been directly involved in a lot of action yet. It's kind of like a just a jumping point for the characters to go off onto these other missions that they may change quickly. Um, but the IDW series has been a pleasant surprise. You thought it'd be like, oh, just... Because Star Wars Adventures typically has been, um, you know, it's very kid-friendly and jokey. Uh, but this one's taking it up a notch. You you get stories that, yes, tie into the Great Disaster and to the threats from the Night Hill, but... Um, like with Lula and um, Buckets of Blood and uh, Yoda's in it... Um, and characters like Court, um, you know, you get other Jedi and other Padawans who are being sprinkled into, uh, but then you've got Zine Morala, who, you know, kind of has, kind of like Anakin, where she's older, she knows she has for, uh, Force abilities, but, you know, how did the Jedi feel about accepting her in? And then her, um, her friend, Crix, um, who winds up joining the, joining the Nihil and becomes like an understudy of Archeon Row. And that, that was a big surprise that you get a lot of development with Marcion in this series as opposed to just just the novels or anything like that. So it, it's, it's really... It's essential to read these, I would say, uh, to get that better understanding, uh, especially by the time you get to Out of the Shadows and... Um, because, like, Crix is in that, and you're like, oh, okay, I already understand the character. And um, and recently we've had the, the crew of the vessel show up in the IDW series, so that's awesome. I can't get enough of them. Uh, it's just all tying together. And um, oh, one thing I'll say, I love how the focus on the Padawans and how they're dealing with... Uh, a lot of them have lost their masters because of the Great Disaster or uh, the ensuing battles with the Nihil, like the Kerr Nebula. And um, uh, uh, the battle at uh, Grizzle and Lavallo. Um, you get the impression, I think we're going to stick with these characters for decades, perhaps. You know, we're going to see them grow up. So it would make sense that there's a lot of focus on the Padawans and, oh, like Wreath, you know, losing his master, but instantly gaining Comac and then, you know, Emery losing his master Douglas Sunvale and being taken on by a brand new knight like Vernestra. So, so many new dynamic relationships that I imagine we'll explore for a long time because of the, the youth of the characters. And, uh, last one I'll get into is Tempest Runner, which is the audiobook. Um, it is, it's like the radio drama, like the Count Dooku Jedi Lost, like the Dr. Aphra. Um, just very entertaining. Uh, you get more 
background and it, uh, with Lorna D, one of the Tempest runners in the Nye Hill. Um, find out more about Pan Ada and the other uh, Tempest runners who have come and gone. More about Mark, Markion Rowe and his past. Uh, the actors in it are great. Mark Thompson does Markion and Pan Ada. And based on listening to the audiobooks he did, I mean, they, he's the definitive voice of those characters, but then you get... Um, no, uh, Saskia Marleveld does Avar Chris and plays her a totally different way than Mark Thompson did in Light of the Jedi. So, you know, that seems a little more definitive. Um, but, er, yeah, great voice acting all the way around in this story. Um, they're definitely worth your time. Uh, it's about six hours long to listen to. So that's where we are now. And I'll just wrap up with, you know, what's yet to come. Um, we just had the latest edition of the High Republic show with Christina Ariel on uh, Star Wars YouTube. Uh, please check that out. That, that show is really cool to listen to because they interview the uh, authors, let you know what they're uh, you know up to and their mindsets with what they already wrote. Uh, you know, we get sneak peeks and everything. Uh, Christina is just a blessing to have to talk about uh, the High Republic and uh, kind of guide us on the way. Uh, the next round of books uh, for Phase 3 before we get out of Wave 3 before we get into Phase 2 next year. Uh, we've got The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. That's the um, adult book. Uh, you know, that I think the title scared a lot of people. It's like, well, does it mean, you know, does, does Avar die? Is it Starlight Beacon that is fallen? You know, does it, what's its fate? Does it get destroyed? Um, I have my own theory that perhaps the station is, um, and I put it on TikTok. I actually started a TikTok um, radio to car channel just for quick thoughts and reviews. Um, you know, you would think, oh, if there is an attack on Starlight Beacon and it becomes a focus, is it either blown up or does it fall out of orbit to the nearby planet? My guess is because the Nihil are all about weaponizing hyperspace that they find a way to covertly shoot the whole space station into hyperspace, either to make it seem gone or just to like send it to no space where, you know, they reside or something like that. And then, you know, you have all the people who are on the station who didn't die, and then there might be Jedi on there, so they're separated from, you know, Coruscant and the other Jedi in the known galaxy. And that would set up, you know, interesting new stories that way to get them all back, um, you know, what they do, where they are now. Uh, that's just a guess, but uh, we'll find out soon enough. That should come out in January of 2022. Uh, Justina Ireland's got Mission to Disaster, which is another young, um, uh, like middle grade reader with, um, uh, Vernestris back in it. And the one I'm looking forward to is Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older. He takes over the young adult novel, uh, but Comac and Wreath were on the cover. So if we get a very Comac heavy novel, I am totally for it. And I hope Dan Bittner is back to read it. Uh, that's going to be really excited. Uh, they announced an IDW annual, uh, which will have a story from each of the authors, so that's very cool. Um, Eye of the Storm is the limited series by uh, Charles Sewell, uh, where we get more background on Marky on Rowe. And then uh, Trail of Shadows, which is the, kind of the detective mystery limited uh, comic series from Daniel Jose Older. That's coming out this fall. That should be starting out soon. 
I mean, they're bringing, we haven't even been in this university, uh, this era a year yet, but just so much good material that's tying everything together. And, um, I'm totally enjoying it. I hope other people are too. Uh, where, I mean, you're not at the point where it's too late to get into it. Um, you know, if you're listening to this out of curiosity and you haven't really started, Light of the Jedi is the best way to start because it does a great job introducing, you know, what the galaxy is like at this point 200 years before Phantom Menace. Um, but I will leave it at that for now, um, just to say every uh, there's nothing I haven't enjoyed that has been published yet. I'm just looking forward to more, and hopefully I'll do these more frequently so I can talk about it. But thank you for listening to my recap of High Republic. Uh, you can listen to all my old episodes, um, episode reviews of the shows, and uh, book discussions. Uh, I've had some uh, interviews with uh, some contributors to Star Wars in the past. Uh, you can check those out on the Radio Dakar channel. I'm on most major podcast platforms, Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast. Uh, you can find... Uh, me on social media at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to the High Republic authors for a great ride so far. And until the next time, may the Force be with you.